1: we have a special guest, one of my best friends in the whole world, Rachel Kreitz, um, and she is just here bright and early It's six a.m. But Rach likes to wake up early, so it didn't feel like yeah. a big ask. But, um, yeah, we're so excited to have her. So, Rach and I are drinking. Like coffee. you
0: guys, like you guys are together. You're sitting we're outside together. at your house. Yeah, yeah I love that. Usually, Rachel, where do you live?
2: Um, I live in Westerville. Like I'm like ten minutes away. Oh, perfect. It's really not difficult, yeah, <laughs> to get here.
1: Yeah. Usually it's for a walk or a yoga sesh, but today she said she would join us on the pod. It was a long time coming, so I'm excited to have her, um, and we'll introduce the topic in a minute, but we'll just chat a little bit. Um, Rach, how did we meet?
2: Well, we met, we're middle school buddies, and- Oh, nice. So we've known each other for a really long time, and Lindsay is a year above me in grade. Not much by age, but above me in grade. So she made me always feel super cool because I was like with the older girls.
1: Because <laughs> I'm <so> cool. <laughs> wearing so, yeah. my Costco jacket, I'm really cool. Um, it's been a
2: long time.
1: Yeah, we cheered together in middle school, and then Rach actually went to OU where you went, Christy. Um. And so, but we just so Cats. yeah, go bobcats. We continued our friendship, and then our husbands are now friends. Our kids are arranged friendships, and it's been great. But um, Rach is coming on today because we have like a topic that well, I she could talk about a million things, but um, I really wanted to ask her to talk about grief today, and so we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Um, but. Yeah. She has just been a little ride or die. And so when Christy had carry on and chatted, I was like, Oh, this will be fun to have, have Rach come on and chat. Um, okay. What should we, what else?
0: Well, before we start chatting podcast grief, um, two things, everybody it's Lindsay Gulliver's birthday tomorrow. And when you listen to this, it won't be it. She'll have already had her birthday, but let's just all give Lindsay a big, happy birthday squeeze virtual squeeze
1: squeeze. <laughs> squeeze, um happy birthday friend. are
0: we saying what are your birthday plans
1: oh yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 thank you
0: christy um uh, yeah i mean you don't you don't want me to sing on here but um i will slurp my coffee
1: extra for you this morning oh perfect <laughs> um no that is sweet thank you so much yes this will go monday and so um, well, Rachel's coming with me. We're going to Charleston for, nice. yeah, so we're excited and I don't know the week's not been as warm. I was hoping to have a pool day tomorrow. Still we'll maybe go. Um, but yeah, we'll see.
0: Awesome. Well, happy, happy birthday. When are you leaving?
1: Uh,
2: Thursday. Thursday okay if
1: you were in I'm, town I, don't, I would ask you we're doing a 5 30 a.m yoga sesh tomorrow to kick it off oh, I
2: love that I, I know, love that
1: oh, too far away but
0: well I am going to be in town tomorrow because I have to take my mother-in-law somewhere. so I'm going to try I have a little gift for you I'm going to try to drop it off at least at your mailbox I may not get to see oh, you but I, see I have a little something That's for you yeah. um okay yoga can we talk about yoga for a second I went to I used to go to yoga every day and I haven't gone in years and I went to yoga on Sunday and oh my gosh, I I just love yoga so much. I know that that sounds like kind of like just basic white girl to say, but it was so good. It was so good. Um, I really hope to, I I know Lindsay, you've been making more of that more of your like regular practice and I hope to do the same because it just felt so good for my body.
2: Yeah,
1: I um, Rach and I used to be yoga buddies when we lived in Clintonville like many moons ago. And then I got out of it. I don't know. I feel like she she kept on going for a while. I don't know with kids and stuff. Like I just went in and out of it. Uh, yeah, it's hard. And then I haven't been honestly in a gym or a studio since COVID. And one of our friends was doing hot yoga. And so we started doing classes together, you know, the two months ago or whatever. And I'm the same way. I'm like, this is what my soul needs. So we've been doing that. It's just, I don't know. I feel like we talk so much about our bodies and getting older and all of that. But I feel like it is just so, it's like not intense. Well, I mean, it's intense. It's not like impact wise intense. Um, Yeah. So good for you or me when I was
0: in the Dominican Republic a couple months ago in the fall there was this beautiful older woman I mean she was just looking I could tell she was older but she just looked so she was radiating health and I actually went up to her and complimented her because I was like this this woman just looks so she's glowing and she was old. she was in her 70s and um she looked good and I said what is your secret and she said I I do yoga every day um in some form like every single day and that's it like that was the only thing that she felt like she did differently than most people her age and she just looked so good
1: dang there's something to it
0: yeah for sure
1: well yeah I like it it good
0: Um, that's an awesome way to start your day
1: So I'm glad you guys are well, it was that. so funny because I sent out a text I knew Rach would be down but I was like you guys my favorite instructor is leading a class at 9 30 and then two of our friends were like well we have to work so we could do the 5 30 I'm like you guys will really <laughs> okay. so there's what four of us I don't know four of us yeah. going at 5 30 and I'm like that's even early for me but if you guys will do that I'm down so it just made me made me laugh Love Um it. yeah, yeah. The older you get, the weirder your birthday's become. Let that be a warning (laughs) to everybody. Um, Okay, well, let's jump in because Rach does have to get back to children. Um, Yes. But you guys, so today I want to like, well, I'll let Rach do most of the talking, but we've talked about so many topics here on the podcast, and we have actually never touched on the topic of grief. And I think the reason why is because one, we've been waiting for an expert, which she will probably come, but maybe in like a month or two, Christy has a friend who's a grief counselor. And two, I just think it probably comes better from somebody who has experienced it and can talk to it because it's just such a obviously complex topic. And the reason why we think it's so important is because it has, you know, with mindset, it's just like a huge when you're going through grief, like that's like really all it is is mindset, right? It's like a mindset thing all the time. So I won't ramble on, but that's why we brought Rachel on, and she agreed to come on. I um if this is something that you're walking through right now and you think it might be a little triggering, maybe pause it and come back another time and listen to it. But I hope that our listeners can take something um, from this conversation. Whether you've experienced something similar or you're a friend of somebody who's going through grief, I just hope that this is going to be a helpful topic for our friends and listeners. So um, Rach, we decided to talk to touch on this topic. Can you give us an overview of like the grief that you have walked through in the past year? You can say as little or much as you want about that.
2: Um, It's funny that you put that trigger warning out there too because I wrote it down in my notes to make sure to say because I feel like... I listen to so many podcasts with their trigger warning at the beginning, (laughs) which might not be the healthiest thing to do, but I was like, in my head, I was like saying, okay, there's a trigger warning. Please take care while listening. Like literally the majority of podcasts I listen to. Oh, interesting. (laughs) So that is disturbing, little interesting fact about me, but I have really good recommendations if you ever want to go deep with something. Um, But I also want to say too, before I start, I did... Um, A lot of this story um, really involves my sister, Nora. She's my youngest sister. And I did reach out to her before I did this to just be like, is this okay for me to talk about? Like, obviously it's going to be my perspective, not hers, which is vastly different. Um, But I wanted to make sure I just had her blessing. And um, I was like, you know, I don't have to go like super deep. And she was like, take it there. <laughs> so we'll see where we take it but I was um happy that she kind of like said um yeah go with it so yeah, go for it. Um, yeah. to give you a little piece of what we've gone through um and I can I feel like I can do this without getting too emotional at this point but um about a little over a year ago on May 16th um We lost my sister's husband, Hans, in a um, very tragic single car accident. They were living out in Colorado. Um, He was in the car with a friend who did survive the accident. Um, And he was just like two miles from his house. Um, And Nora was at home with their infant daughter, Ray. And um, and just I I'm not I won't go into the details of the accident obviously, but just to kind of give you sort of a piece of kind of what 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 went on in the hours after that to give you an example of where I'm kind of coming from in my grief perspective is um, Nora was home, the state highway patrol comes. Um, When an accident like this happens, um, they send, I don't know what they're called, but it was like some kind of social worker along with the state highway patrol to let her know what went on. She had an infant in the bedroom. Um, The way she describes it is, you know, kind of this nightmare. And then uh, someone, a stranger is there to take care of her daughter in the middle of the night. My dad called me we were getting call after call you know it's the middle of the night you're not you're sleeping here they were in colorado um the accident happened in the middle of the night i was notified then my dad calls me um the reaction i had was visceral hard to describe um what happened but my kids were jarred awake and um So then that you kind of are in a moment where you have to sort of like tell your kids what's going on almost right away. Um, From there called my sister. Um, I don't even, she probably doesn't even remember that I called her. Um, And then after that, my brother and my other sister and I, it was about, it was the middle of the night. We went over to my parents' house from there. Subsequently, they got flights straight out to Colorado to be with Nora. And from there, it just went into sort of like go mode. Um, It was pretty evident within the week that she was like, I just want to get out of here and come back to Ohio. They didn't own their home. So she could kind of get out of there quickly. Um, Obviously had lots to take care of, but she just wanted to be around family. My other sister, Emily and I, Emily went out there immediately. It was the end of the school year for my kids. So I was trying to wrap up that stuff and get my daughter through her recital and all the things. Um, I should also say my brother-in-law was a Marine. So they did a service out the Marine base to my husband's also a service member Uh, within those days, flew, my husband flew out to Colorado and back in the same day, just so he could be a part of that. And I went out after that and then Emily and I packed up Nora's house in like 24 hours and drove her dog and her car back cross country to be here. And then from there, it's just been everything else that's taken place after that. So here we are now. That's kind of like the very higher arching view of what happened, but I kind of, wanted to give perspective of what happened in those immediate days to, uh, even on the drive home from Colorado, I looked at my sister, Emily, and I was like, did that, what did we just do? Like, what is, is happening that it was like, felt like the longest and shortest days of our lives. And, um, really, unbelievably intense i i I vividly remember having to walk into their home and i should say at this point nora was already flying back to ohio i i hadn't even seen nora yet i was flying out to colorado when she was flying back to ohio walking into that house for the first time it my thought i i I never hope to have that feeling again so um and then you're just packing up your sister's life what she thought her life was going to be and you find all these intimate notes that I think like so many of us take for granted now like um you know in her jewelry box a little note from Hans that said I'm so proud of you or just his shoes by the doorway so it it is interesting when you're wrapping up those pieces of life for someone that you love but um so here we are today with a lot of perspective and and yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah it
1: is so much I don't know if you said this either Rach but um Nora was 33 yeah Nora's
2: 33 Hans was 33 um actually Chrissy they were both OU alum too (laughs) um and so very young yeah Yeah, Hans, Hans has two older sisters so um and their daughter Ray was just shy of turning one so um that was another thing you know that's kind of like the grief that she's going through is just like mourning the loss of what she thought was going to be like she was not done like with her family or building her family or her life with him so um and Hans yeah I mean when I think about the story there's just
0: so many layers of grief to unpack like and I think that's the sorry I don't want to speak for you but I've never been through a sudden loss of of a loved one like that but they're just that's so layered right like there's just so much to unpack there like they had an infant, they, there's just so much, there's so much, it's just, um, that's going to take a long time to unpack all of that, you know, I'm sure it's still a process, yeah?
2: Oh yeah, so many layers, and also I should say too, that where I'm coming from today, as I like go into this conversation, is what I find interesting, and a girlfriend of mine brought like this to my attention too, is like, I, I am, was grieving I'm taking care of my children who are grieving um but also like a caretaker for someone who's grieving so finding the space to be able to grieve myself while like trying to maintain some sense of like react like just of what's going on and like being in go mode while you're grieving to take care of the one that is truly like kind of not with like there at the time yeah oh
0: that's something I was just I was recently talking to my sister about that like we just had a a family friend who unexpectedly lost her husband and the way that our society works is like okay this really terrible grief thing happens and it flips your world upside down in an instant right but then you almost have to be in go mode even whoever whoever the grief happened to is forced into go mode and how, how does, how do I feel about that? Like, I don't know, you know, you have to start making all these arrangements, arrangements for funeral and belongings and in this case, like family care, like, I don't know, do you feel like that was a healthy thing to have to be forced into go mode like that or is that part of the, um, is that a healthy way of processing grief? I guess
2: is well I think what- for the people that are um like outside of Nora I do think it's an outlet for people to be able to feel like okay control almost like you can't there's nothing you can do So, but what you can do is, I can pack up her house and drive her car across country and take her dog back home. I can. His um, Hans's sister-in-law took care of a ton of the funeral arrangements. Like she was awesome when, um, like, for for their family, for the family. Um, like that. That is what is interesting to me about when you go. What I did, I wanted to hold on to, almost, was the people. That it that came to be there for you or do the things my my a a ton of my sister's friends were literally at my parents' house cleaning, getting just like the house ready for Nora and Ray to be there because um you know my parents just like like she was about to be living there like getting um my sister in law gave me her crib like people just going into go mode because they want to be able to do something and. Nora, like, just physically couldn't do it. So um, that was one part of grief that it's almost, like, terrible, but also, like, you want to – I do not want to forget that. I never want to forget that part of it because it's crazy. Just the way that people came to help, like – And people that, like, you wouldn't even anticipate. Like, oh, wow. Like, um, it was just – unbelievable to me I don't know yeah
0: yeah that's a beautiful thing in in the midst of very sad
2: I also will say I think there are people that are scared of grief like this culture and especially I think in the United States or maybe western culture or something I don't know I'm literally no expert I'm actually (laughs) excited to listen to your podcast with the grief counselor but um just doesn't lean into death like they should, or it's like, people are afraid of it. Like, okay, it is not like anyone's responsibility. Like it is not the responsibility of the grieving person to make you feel better. Like people want to say what they have to say, just, are you okay? And like, want them, want for you to just say, yes, I don't need anything or, um it's like, they want to say their thing to check it off their list. Okay. I, I, I brought the food, I did whatever. So, okay, let's like move on to the next thing. Like they are afraid of it. They, they don't know what to do. And I am a firm believer in all types of grief at this. And maybe the grief counselor would say different. I don't know, but I I would, I, I would say lean into it, lean into the person that you love that's grieving, even when they they, they're going to push you away. Even if it's like a drop off or whatever, or a text check-in that they don't respond to. My sister received a million texts that she didn't respond to. Give them the freedom to say, you don't have to respond. You don't have to whatever, but just, uh, just don't. If there's a way to not be afraid of it, don't be afraid of it. And and it is scary. Like the, it's scary. Not just like the, yeah, things, I think that's, the things you find yourself saying that you didn't think you'd say, or, or anything like that. Um, I just think that people just are afraid of it and they want you to be better as quickly as possible. And it's just like, not how it works. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Just gonna I think that's really them? good advice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had that as a question, I, I, like, how can people be a good friend when a person that they love is grieving? And you, you already kind of touched on that, like lean in, but like, what else? Like, what if it's like, somebody that you have had in your life forever want in your life, but like, they're just not right. Like, what do you, what do you suggest
2: people do as a friend? Like, I mean, I just feel like consistency is key, right? Like, okay. This is one thing that my therapist told me that I thought was really profound too. Like, um, I was just like finding a really hard time finding joy in anything after Hans passed, like, you know, I like to, um, be active and just go do things. I mean, even like having a glass of wine felt weird at first. And I just thought, well, if Hans can't do it, I don't want to do it. Even like, honestly, like, uh, giving my husband a hug. Like, I just thought this feels not right. Like my sister can't do it. So you felt guilty. I felt like guilt, Um, which Nora would never want me to feel. She'd be like, okay, Rachel. But um, my therapist was like, you are in this for the long haul, like as her sister, like you need to do the things that fulfill you because when the food stops coming and the drop-offs stop coming and the check-ins stop happening, like you're still there, like witnessing that like we're it's gonna be like this is a gonna be forever like when ray goes to her first day of kindergarten we're gonna be thinking about haunts when ray has her wedding day someday and i'm sure ray she has no clue what's going on she's gonna come to this point um you know someday that's like who is my dad like i she i mean i know that she'll learn about him but she'll come through like sort of a pivotal point in her life too, where she goes more deeper about it. So I would say to take it back to your question is I I just don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid if you're like, Oh, I should have like checked to see if I like could have, you know, seen if she wanted to go on a walk, but I haven't talked to her for a few. No, just do it. They'll tell you, no, like I'm telling you, a grieving person doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Like they're just going to be like, if they like, feel like they need space they'll tell you but it's fine like just lean into it and 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 it's hard not to even, there were things too that my sister did that I felt like oh that could hurt my feelings like and I was like okay just stop like that's stupid like stupid things like oh Ray can come over here if you need time well no I don't want to do that right now like I would be like oh <laughs> but it's I would say just if you're thinking about it just do it <laughs> so what I hear you say too
1: indirectly is like don't take things personally like offer yeah. up what you like want to offer to your friends but don't take it personally yeah. if they don't take you up on yeah. it but keep going
2: because <laughs> the day you reach out might be the day that they're like okay I'm ready for that walk yeah or like I yeah I could do that or that's good yeah
1: That's yeah, that's helpful. I mean, I do think you're right. Like, I feel like having walked through grief with my Mm sister-in-law many years ago, like she taught me a lot about like being on the receiving end. And here I am already like, like this topic is hard, but like she was telling me some of the similar things that you did. Like people are scared. They don't say his name, like stuff like that. And that really did help me a long time ago. Like at least be aware and have it on my radar and by no means like it's still hard I still feel like it's hard as a friend but it was probably the first experience and I'm like can you tell me how to do this like I don't know like I don't know how to be a, like how to be a good friend um so that's very helpful um switching gears really quick like so I mean I know this is a big question but like throughout the whole year, like how has this changed, like your mindset and perspective on like life in general, like going
2: through a huge thing like this? Well, um, there's a lot I could say about that, but it's, I mean, talk about mindset, it's completely shifted it. Um, I, th- I feel funny saying this, but I would say for the better also but it's also sad um I would say at the very like base of it all like I feel like I am in a place of like I just want to be there for the people that um I want to be there for like I think showing up at this point is the biggest mindset shift I've had like things that I would be on the fence about I'm like I want to do that I want to be there for like the people that love me and who showed up for me like that was like a huge thing for me. It really gave me clarity too on the people in my life who really do show up for you too. Like, okay, these people weren't afraid and they like leaned in and um, and this is incredible. I also like with my family, like especially like my sisters, um, I, we've always been close, but my God, like, I was, the bond now that I've seen um, is really special. And um, it's just, I I don't know, a whole nother perspective on that relationship too. And just like what you can go through with a person and and walk through and like just the deep things that you can go through has been um, incredible. Um, I would say like, in another aspect too, it has like definitely put me through like an existential crisis. Like at this, I, I think about death a lot. I don't know what I could, I would say like up until this point in my life, I was a, someone who went to church, believed in God. Right now, I don't know that I can say that. I don't know what I believe, Um, it's really made me like think more deeply about like life, God, what happens after death, like just to talk truthfully. Um, I don't know where my faith stands right now, if I have faith, Um, but I do feel like I am committed to like being as present as possible. I'm not sure that I'm successful of that all the time, but um, I just feel like in that regard, I'm in a whole nother place. I I guess my my, you do not know ever when you're doing something for the last time. You just don't. You don't know when you're hugging your child for the last time. You don't know when you're driving down the street for the last time. And I wanna know, like in this moment right now, when I'm doing this podcast, I like wanna be present. And I wanna think about this very moment right now, the universe has gotten us to here right now. And we can't think about that 24 hours a day. But I would encourage anyone listening just to like take in the moments and the small moments, Moments like even when I was finding these notes of Hans and from Hans, like in the house, like those are things. Oh, that's sweet that my husband left me that note, like that you don't think about on a day to day basis. And you just it has made my mind shift completely with that, like just where I'm at in the universe, where like the meaning of life, like I it ex, existentially just blew my mind. Death is just, um such um, the mystery of the universe right that we will all go through so it's like that's kind of like a deep way to put it and but I um that that's like had the biggest impact on me the other thing too that my therapist walked me through that I thought has was a huge impact for me is like grief is not like uh either or it's an and both so knowing that I can like be joyful and happy and laugh and be sad at the same time was like really cathartic and freeing for me too. Like, okay. Like I am sad, but I'm here like at Harper's recital and it's my favorite time of the year. And I just want to watch this and be here and be present, but like, I'm sad, but that is okay. Like um, if anyone needs to hear that I don't know it's okay to like be happy and sad together I think yeah I think it, it's great. a very weird feeling to have but well and I think that
0: sometimes probably is where guilt comes in for a lot of people to, to be happy and sad because those are seemingly opposite feelings right to experience them both at the same time could probably cause guilt which is almost more difficult than feeling happy and sad at the same time that guilt overcomes, you know? And so it's just like, I have a friend right now who's going through a different degree of um, tragedy. And um, I know that that's something that she's experiencing is just like feeling um, conflicted, finding happiness in this time of grief. That's really hard for her. Yeah, Um, And so I think that's probably a very, great thing to talk about and say out loud because I'm sure that's a very common like how do you move forward and find joy when something so tragic has happened to either you or someone that you love Yeah, I
2: um and I uh, I saw like a chart um a couple of friends shared with me including Lindsay like this um it was like Like a visual of, like, basically jars being filled, and you like think grief, your cups getting, you start at point A in despair, right? And okay, the year is gonna move on, and the cups are gonna feel, and we're gonna feel better. Like, this is like, again, what I'm saying about the United States, like, it'll, time will pass, and, and grief is really like, today it's full, today it's low. I'm about halfway there today. And like, that is continual all the time. Like, you don't know, like, there are moments every day that I'm like, oh my God, that like hit me. I, what, just I, why I feel sad right now. Like, and but when the day before, like you're so happy and it's fine. And so it is not a gradual process. It's just not, it is up, it is down and all over the place. And like having people in your life that are okay with that, like is, I just think crucial to to just your process, and I've never been more thankful for the people that we have surrounded ourselves in our lives than when we went through something like this. I mean, I, I can't say it enough. It's just like it's what, the people that show up for you. You just it, when you go through something like that, you really are like, okay, these the, these are my people. I don't know. So yeah.
0: So how do you handle those moments where you like are you know seemingly? going about your day and then it just hits like what 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 is your um what have you learned to cope through that or do you communicate through that or do you just sit with it for a moment and you know in silence or how do you
2: I feel like it depends like sometimes I'll just cry (laughs) other times like I'll sit with it um sometimes i might be grumpy and lash out and then i'll take a step back and be like oh um like oops (laughs) that sorry sorry (laughs) sorry um there was a moment in um are we getting kicked off zoom yeah because i feel like i don't want to start okay yeah
1: we will take a quick break for all of our advertisements and we'll be back
2: (laughs) Okay, we're back <laughs> um okay so we were saying just like how we process these moments where we like feel the weight of the grief but in the day-to-day there was a moment I'll never forget um it was during the holidays and you know everything that comes up with Hans like it's the first it's Ray's first birthday it is the first Christmas, it is the first Mother's Day, the first, every time these things happen, we're like, okay, what, what is Nora going to feel like? How do we need to be ready for this? Whatever. And like, finally, I just like was talking to her about it. Nora was like, I mean, I'm just fucking sad. It's the same sad I was yesterday as I am today. Like, okay. So I kind of thought, okay, like, so we're just like the same sad. And um, so Christmas will be fine. And then we were kind of like at our, my aunt does this like fancy dinner every year. And we were at this first dinner. It was kind of like our first Christmas gathering of the season. And we sit down for the kids to all open their gifts. And I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I, I could not control myself. I had to walk out of the room because I got unbelievably sad. And, and, you know, it's funny because n- no one else was really getting visibly sad at that moment. I'm sure that my family was sad, but I walked into the kitchen and my mom just said, Oh, I know. And like gave me a hug and just like, let me have the moment. And I like pulled it together and like came back in the room. And I thought, wait a minute. I thought we were all still just like, I really sad. Why am, am I extra right now? And I realized too, like Nora's sad, you know, her day-to-day life changed. My day-to-day life didn't change. And that moment right there was a moment I usually would be spending with Hans. So I think in that moment, all of a sudden I was like, Oh wait, like I'm jarred right now. Cause Hans like, is not here? So, um, I guess I was like, my mom just like gave me the moment. And I think like in a strange way, Nora feels like sad to see us sad, but also like she wants us, I mean, to mourn him too. So it's, it's fine. Nothing pulls you out of like, um, d- like the strangest moments though, I would say are interesting enough with my five-year-old because he would say weird shit all the time. Like when Hans died, like one of the first things, one like he realized he wasn't like here, here. He's, he would say things like, well, why didn't Hans just turn the steering wheel the other way? Like, like literally just, These are all things that you kind of like think about, but you don't say out loud. Or or like he turned, um, he had his birthday in the fall and he's like, Hans is, Hans is invited. His spirit will be there. And I was like, okay, um, yes, we will, he will be there. Like he, like, I love this about having, a young child and that my older my two older kids are older but having Bo has been like you're like wow that was really weird but like yes okay let's lean into Hans's spirit being at Chuck E. Cheese we go <laughs> this will be great <laughs> and Nora, Nora loves that shit too she's like yes he is there Bo <laughs> so that's so cute I'm happy for moments like that too when you can laugh about things. We, we, I do have to tell this story because I think it's funny. My mom might be mortified if she's listening to this podcast. But my sister, my sister, Emily, my other one, not the one who lost her husband. She um, is a dance teacher. So she did this piece in honor of Hans. It was really beautiful and like sisters. It was a great piece. Anyways, I went with Nora to the rehearsal. She, She could watch it. And just before that piece went on, there was like a tap dance and the dancer looked, like eerily like Hans one of the boys in the tap dance and Nora was like holy shit is Hans back here as a tap dancer <laughs> and she's like he goes this is just Hans fucking with me and we like literally sat there and laughed about it so much so then we were at the actual recital and I go mom look it's Hans and my mom was like, like stop please like what are-? she just was like Haha. she did not get the she dark was humor <laughs> But I find dark humor to be incredibly cathartic at times, I guess. I don't know. You got to know your audience. But um, it's interesting. I don't know. And people, the other funny thing is, my therapist told me this too, and I told Nora, like, people don't know what to say when you're sad, and they say, like, the weirdest shit. And I was like, you got to write this shit down. Like, in a journal, every time somebody says something weird, just, like, write it down so you can, like, look back on it. And um, I don't know. It's so there it's it's you lean into it in moments like that like you're crying and then all of a sudden you're like laughing because Bo walked in and said hi to hansa spirit i don't know so yeah that's funny um
1: yeah. it makes me think like well a lot of things but i mean i obviously have had like an up close and personal space in all of this and so I've seen you go through stuff, but like, do you feel like in a way the kids, like your nephews, nieces, and your kids have kind of like saved you guys?
2: Well, I think for us, yes. Um, I think, you know, yeah, I do. You have to like keep moving forward. I think it's been difficult for Nora because, you know, the the good and the bad of Ray being so young is like she won't remember which is great but also not great um so you know Nora Ray wasn't like 10 and needed to be taken to her ballet class like like we could my mom could take care of a lot of Ray's needs so I think that has been hard sometimes I wonder if Ray were older like could Nora have like you know maybe been forced um would it have been better to kind of like push her out of some of the sadness sometimes but um I think like yeah I would say it's been helpful and it's interesting to process grief with children too like I think that my kids you know have dealt with it in different ways um Harper kind of, I would say has this fear of sudden loss. Now, you know, we're working through that. I think my my son, Max is striking to me. I remember there was one night we were um, sitting around this bonfire. It was like my sister, Nora and some of her friends and Max, I don't really know why Max was sitting there, but we were all sitting there. Max is 12. Max is 12. And Nora started getting sad about something I mean, Hans, I don't know what, and gets teary-eyed. And we all just kind of sat there. This is the beauty of children, right? We all sat there and just kind of like let her cry. And my son just got up and embraced her, just like held to her. And I was like floored and Nora held on to him. And it was a really beautiful moment for me. I was proud of my son that this is like, right. The things that we as adults are like, does she want a hug does she not want a hug we're like thinking about what to do and max was just like fuck that and got up and like gave her <laughs> I I was so proud of him so there's it's things like that that I I find like yeah. um I feel like I keep saying it's things like that <laughs> but <laughs> it was um a, a really beautiful moment for me and I think the kids like um having their perspective is, is interesting. Um, and we are the age range of our children are so deep. I mean, my oldest niece is 16. So I would also would say in a perspective mindset shift too, is our dog died in the midst of all this. (laughs) She was old and it was time. I don't mean to laugh. I love that dog and I will never have another dog like her again, but I was just like, Oh God, why now? (laughs) And I felt like, you know what? I'm, I feel like I want my kids to like be there when they put her down. And so I asked them, not my, not Bo, but I asked my big kids. I said, do you guys want to come with us while we say goodbye to Marley? And they were like, yes. And I thought that was like such a beautiful moment too, because, and it was so sad. We're all like also like writing We're all hot on emotions and then the dog dies and we're like sitting in the room together, but, and we watched her take her last breath. But I felt like, I feel confident in the decision and letting them be there because they had such a tragic sudden loss. I wanted them to see like in a very different way. I know it was our dog and I love her, but I just wanted them to be able to say goodbye, be able to like, okay, this can be like kind of a beautiful moment in a strange way sad like I'm sure
0: that was really helpful for them honestly I don't know how far apart those two events happened but
2: they were, yeah It was like a few months, for like two months.
1: <laughs> but what's interesting is then after you did that took max like I probably would never have thought about giving my kids a choice not that it's a good or a bad thing I just like I don't know I probably just would have thought like that might be too much but I did ask Zeke and Jude then because I was like well If that was good for them like that, you know, and then Zeke opted to come with us and we had to do the same thing for our dog. And like, I truly feel like when you're, I don't know, when you're old enough to choose and all that stuff, it's like, again, like borrowing from other people's like life lessons and just implementing what, you know, you're seeing works. And I think like, that's why I think it's beautiful, Rach, that you're willing to come on and share because it's like, we don't know how to do this stuff well until we kind of, like, have somebody that is willing to tell us, like, this mm-hmm. is what worked, this is what was so super helpful. I'm sure we've all said really dumb things to people while they're grieving, mm-hmm. and, like, that's just part of it, but, like, you know, know better, do better kind of thing, or, like, we learn, and we can, and we can move on, and, like, um. and the next time we encounter, we can shift our mindset with that, and I think, like, I don't know. I've learned a lot from you in the way that you have dealt with stuff. And that's like helped me too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these conversations aren't easy and they're not like fun to have necessarily, but I think they're crucial to have because nobody goes through life untouched by grief. It's just not possible. No. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And I actually took this, like, Okay. So our school district every year does this. I think it's a really great program. It's called parent prep and they have like different sessions, like from experts about like children going through anxiety, um, social media, like just different topics. And I went to it, to one of them, they did one on grief and I thought, Oh, this is interesting. So I took it. There was like one other woman in the class with me it was just, and I came out of it like every parent I don't care if you've had a deep loss or like their kids missing their blankie should like take this class it was so interesting to me talking about just like different griefs the lady that was taking me with it taking it with me was in there because her, her her husband was about to go on deployment so she was like moving through like the grief of like getting her kids through him being away and it was like such a fascinating like, um, class for me. I'm only talking about it because it's just, you're right. There's just so many different level, like pieces of grief and ways people grieve and what people are grieving about. Like kids, your kid gets so sad, you know, about something like their blankie. That's like sad. So, um, I just, especially in that moment to circle back here, giving my kids a choice with our dog, whatever, I will say, Like I just, it's important to me to have these like open conversations with my kids about death and life because naivety, you know, isn't always good when it like sneaks up on you. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting process, especially with the older children for sure. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, well, we appreciate you. Um, sharing as much as you did I I do want to ask you like what are your outlets Rach like to like on the day-to-day like what brings you joy what are the things that you're choosing to do that bring you joy to kind of like
2: yeah just on, Mm -hmm. on the daily um well I do like being active so for me you know getting out and doing something walking working out whatever so that that's a big piece of it for me um that's probably the biggest piece. of it. Yeah. Um, I think too, like I've come to a point now in the beginning with my husband, it was more like, but I, I don't want to be by you because I am sad for my sister. Now, um, I am leaning into my husband more. I think it's opened up communication even more for us and, um, brought us closer together so I really find an outlet in him and being able to um to share with him and then um you know feeling fun with my friends again too like that and my friends have also been really sweet about letting me like you never want to be the one that brings down the night (laughs) like everyone's having a good time and then you're like this uh, sad about something my my friends have been really great about like if I have those moments like not being like oh god here she goes again so (laughs) um I'm thankful for that too so definitely you know my friends have been an outlet and and the other outlet I will say is okay this is like a really fine line for me because I do strongly believe in boundaries that's something I've really been working on with myself um and um I know you guys have talked about that boundaries and stuff before. So I do think like you need to know how to say no when you should say no. But I also feel like I want to say yes more to <laughs> like to the things that matter. Like I don't want to let like things get in the way of just being able to experience something like me being tired or whatever i i had a girlfriend this i I, i'll I'll never forget this it was last summer you know shortly after everything happened she had like randomly had a last minute extra ticket on a tuesday night by the way and i I am such a person of routine and she's like do you want to go to this concert with me and i thought literally immediately my mind was like I'm going to be tired. I don't know if I can make it. I got to shuffle a couple of things. And I thought, and I hadn't seen this girlfriend for a little while. And she's someone that has experienced a lot of like grief and stuff. And I just felt like I wanted to like be around her. And I said, Paul, I think I want to do this. And he was like, okay, like I got this, like the nighttime stuff. And I went, it it was, it was one of my favorite moments of the summer, just like being with her and being at this concert. And we're literally at a concert and she's like, talking so openly and beautifully with me about Hans and sadness and we're also having fun and I was like oh my god I am so glad that I did not let just ballet class get in the way of (laughs) me being able to do this like I I I, that was one moment in time um you know I'll be at all the other drop-offs and pickups so things like that are the things that I'm trying to like be intentional and say yes spontaneous
0: moments are always
2: and the p and with the people that matter i'm not saying like you have to do it all and you can't do it all like we but i just think for a moment before you immediately say no like is all i'm saying with a healthy dose of boundaries there too (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: it's a fine line like you said it's the
2: yeah um
0: and and the other thing that you've mentioned a couple of times um i just wanted to ask about it is you've mentioned your therapist And so was that someone that you leaned into after the tragedy or you already had a therapist before and did everyone get a therapist? Like, how did that kind of
2: come into? Okay. So like, I, this is interesting. I wrote this down in my notes too, to be sure I like didn't. So it's interesting you asked me that. Oh, there's two things about that that I'm going to say. Okay. I actually was going to therapy before the death because I, COVID was like a strange time for me as everyone and had gone through a lot and felt like I needed to finally see someone. And I was very, it was a very hard thing for me to get to therapy. Like when I went, I was like, I felt weird about it. That first session, I literally remember walking up to the door like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, I was like, this feels like I don't need this. (laughs) Like this feels like I shouldn't go. So I was already there and working on myself and love and really it was eye opening for me. Like it was shocking the things that were was even coming out of me. I was so happy for it. I felt like I had evolved a lot. Then Hans passed and I was even more thankful that I kind of like already was going and um, she helped me get through like walk me through a lot, you know, like I was saying just the things about sadness and like taking care of myself. Like I was really glad I had that, Then not everyone is seeing a therapist when they go through a sudden grief thing. But for me, um, it was great. And I would say it's, um, definitely something you should like quickly consider Nora, like literally within days we were like trying to figure out where to go and she was going like I think she still almost goes like twice a week I don't know but um my brother really helps us with that he kind of like handled some of the things like that for us to figure out um and then I was like I actually have since gotten my daughter into therapy I felt like out of my children she was the one that like really needed it um so yeah like all and not all of us have gone I um can't speak for my parents. I'm not really sure if they have or not. Um so I think it's generational. I, I I my mom hasn't told me and so I don't really know and I haven't asked. But um so yeah, it's it's very different. One of the things I did experience in therapy too was that um she did do that EMDR or EDM mm-hmm. therapy on me. Um which I thought was fascinating. Um, It's like for any of those listening that don't know, it's like, I don't know the exact definition, but it's like rapid rapid eye movement there. It's basically like triggering each side of your brain to kind of like make whatever that grief is feel like, um, distant, you know, from you, like it can still be there, but like, you're not as triggered by it when you, um, when you uh, go through it. One thing that I will share that was um, very prolific through this is I actually was the one who um, called Hans's dad to tell him that he had passed. It was, which sounds very weird that I was the one that did that. But at the time we had found out Hans passed like, you know, in the middle of the night. And we were trying to get a hold of state highway patrol. Like, can, is somebody gonna send somebody to Hans's parents' house? Like, we did not know what to do. That's like one of those moments that you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then my parents were, all they were thinking about were getting out on a plane to Colorado. Nora was just like gone. I don't even know what, you know, she wasn't even, she was like, I can't do anything. And um, I thought, my God, we've known this information for 10 hours we have to call him and tell him. And I guess I kind of volunteered as tribute for lack of a better word. That was, um, something that I needed that EMDR therapy for, um, that was really helpful for me. And I love Hans's father and he acknowledged that moment and it was great about it. And it was sad and everything and whatever we talked about it, but, um, I would say for me per on a very personal level and everyone is different. I was thankful for the therapy and um it's helped me really like like process and get through the day-to-day. So she's she really helped give me tools. So ironically, I was already in therapy for other reasons and I just kept like obviously our sessions shifted after Hans's death to look yeah. more mm-hmm. like a grief process. But yeah. So awesome yeah
0: (laughs) okay well this has been such I'm, I'm not shutting it down we can keep chatting but I just wanted to tell you that like this has been a really great conversation for me personally because I think I am that person who fears I fear death I also I don't know what to say to people during tragedy and then I just shut down you know and I think it's been really helpful to hear you say like just say something, just come and be lean into it. Like you said a couple of times and I think that's really helpful for people because yes, our culture tends to, I could go on and on about the cultural things that that we do wrong, but I think our our culture tends to A, wanna try to fix things for people and sometimes that's just not possible. And then when they don't know how to fix it, they don't know what to say just to be supportive. Or like you said, they're just trying to check something off their list. They want to do something to help, but it's maybe more intrinsically motivated than for that person.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so just really thinking of grief outside of yourself is a practice, right? That we don't really, you know, we're not good at that. We don't, luckily we don't have to practice it often, hopefully. Right. Um, But these conversations are so helpful to listen to on the other side of it, just to be a better support for people. Because like you guys said, death is inevitable. Grief is inevitable. There are different levels of it, but just this could be applicable to any grief. And that's really helpful.
2: And I think too, as the grieving person, like I I would say also, okay, like to tell your truth. Like when somebody is like, how are you today? Like, I'm not great. But thank you so much for asking. Like, I do appreciate it. But like, it's like a hard day. Like, I think we should all, even just like us in general, whether it's just like a bad day because like you started your period and you don't, you feel shitty or you're like at, like really sad. Like, I think we need to all be okay with like not being okay. <laughs> and um, like as friends and as su- like people in our lives that are supporting those people, like give people the space to do that. Like giving people... The space, that was a big thing I learned in therapy. Like, just, like, I need to, like, not get so, like, worked up about the things, things. Like, I or tr- bothered by people all the time, which makes me sound like a terrible person. I'm not bothered by people all the time. But just, like, it doesn't always have to be a thing. Like, I, I just think telling- I,
0: I am. I am bothered by people all the time. I can yeah. totally relate to that.
2: <laughs> like, it's okay, like, to be your own person. And it doesn't have to- uh, uh, Affect me, I don't know why I would be like that, but also,
1: just to chime in, don't know why I feel the need to do this only because this is such a heavy topic. Rachel's like the most fun person to be around, like such a fun friend. She does bring like awesome energy. so like, while she's talking about this stuff of like having moments and things like that, like that's not what I see in you. like I know you have those spaces, but like it's like. I think it's just like we all are just trying our best right and so even your fun like energetic cheery friends that like have never once like like she's not a huge crier like I've probably seen you cry more this year than I have like our entire life like but it's like we're all just like human and we all are going to go through through these emotions and so like we have to be willing this is what I've learned to take on different roles as friends yeah and like you know like you're you like out of the two of us I feel like you're usually like could take like the strong role or like oh it's not whatever and then like I feel like sometimes this year it's been reversed where I'm like Mm -hmm. no we got it like it's just kind of fun to see how relationships if you're willing to like dig in can evolve and kind of like take on different roles as you Pro- mostly it's because I think you're willing to be vulnerable. So you're willing to say like, I don't feel great right now. And then somebody else, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like takes on the role. Yeah. And so um, I guess what my point <laughs> was, is that you are like, I feel like despite all of this, you've done such a good job of showing up and trying your best and um, just being present with people in an authentic way. And still like I think you did you do a good job of living out the like joy, the the juxtaposition of like the joy and the reality of what's going on. Um, And kind of like allowing your friends to be a part of that and not shutting us out because that would be a lonely road too. Yeah. Like for sure. Well when I'm okay, I'll come back around. It's like, well when's that gonna happen? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You know? So I feel like that's part of it too is just like willing to gradually grow
2: together with that for sure I um also want to say really quick before we're done I don't know why I wrote this down but I was telling Lindsay about this have you ever heard of a death doula talking about leaning into death okay listen no
0: no Okay, okay
2: I am like fascinated by this okay this is like my weird death journey right that I'm trying to like whatever um I was like listening. I don't know if it was NPR, some sort of podcast. And they started talking about death doulas. And I was so, it's like basically like the opposite of a birth doula, right? Like basically helping walk somebody through death. Obviously we wouldn't have had that luxury with Hans, but like, you know, someone that might be like going through a cancer diagnosis or know that death is coming. Like they help you basically process your death and like get through it. I find it to be the most fascinating thing. And I only wanted to bring it up to break because people might find this as a funny story, but my, I brought it up to my husband and I was like, "Paul, I feel like this is fascinating to me. What if I was like a death doula? And he was like, it's like one of those things you say when like you're grieving and people are like, like, (laughs) what, (laughs) what was that? And then we were, with were we with you when you he brought it up? Break. Oh my god, and he was like, You know, Rachel, how you want to be a death doula? And I thought to myself, Oh my god, I, I what are, you're just like telling people this information, and that was in the circle of trust, yeah. And I was like, Okay, but I only am bringing it up. My point in bringing up death doula is it, it's interesting, people should Google it and look it up, and also as an as like, this is like one of those things that I'm like, I'm going to lean in here. Like I'm curious about death. Like, um, not being afraid of grief, not being obviously I'm sure not being afraid of death. I, I I don't want to say, but just not being afraid to explore it. It's just, we birth is like such an exciting time. And we're all like all about and birth, 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 but like, we're just like hide in ourselves about death and i think it's something that just like we should just talk about more and like lean into i don't know um so anyways i agree
0: i think i think our culture our culture is just so that, and that's what i was kind of asking you in the beginning of like i think it's kind of crazy that our culture um you know when someone when a loved one dies it's like you have to go into this like planning mode and you don't really get the time to go through the death like you're just forced into this place of like making post-mortal plans and care and right. arrangements and you know if someone like like your sister is so blessed to have such a great support system but like let's say Nora was out in Colorado and like your family didn't hop on a plane in the right. middle of the night and do all the things like and that's probably a more common experience than what she went through. Like someone becomes isolated and on an Island at, at the drop, at the stop of a heartbeat, you know, boom, isolated on an Island. And, and now they're thrown into the rashes of like making all these plans. and stuff. I just feel like our culture has such a wacky um, uh, mentality around death. And so death duel is so cool. And I, I hope that comes becomes more of a thing, right? Like, no,
2: that's what I was thinking too. I was like, I think
0: you should become a death doula. I think that's yeah. awesome.
2: <laughs> well, my my husband was like, maybe you should think about that for a minute. Yeah, we should. Your capacity you should talk
1: to your therapist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I about mean, that the next session because
0: the opposite of that would be like you're just constantly in death mode, and I don't know that if someone like you has been through it is if that's healthy either you yeah, know you have, yeah, have to really
2: one way or another but you know yeah. I think you know like doctors that have to like tell people someone dies all the time or even that man that showed up on Nora's doorstep like I don't know yeah it's been so interesting and my husband's in the military like and my brother Hans we have a like strong military like roots in our family too those are always you know part of the conversation people that have to do that you know yeah of- crazy but anyways yeah interesting okay is there anything that you wanted to add that we didn't touch on okay yeah I just wanted to take like a quick second to um just tell people who Hans was really quick um I probably should have done that at the beginning but um, this podcast thing is kind of new to me, so it <laughs> took me a minute there to get my bearing. So I'm glad to check this off my bucket list, but, um, I just want to say Hans was an incredibly loving husband. Um, you know, my kids especially have known him their whole lives. He was a doting father, um, a, an amazing brother to his two older sisters, a committed son and, um. He loved serving as a United States Marine. He was very proud of that. So are we um, just like a fun person, easy to be around, easy going, someone who um, we just all really enjoyed and I'm honored to have known him. And um, I will say, lastly, um, I also wanted to acknowledge there were Um, a couple of people in the evening that the accident happened to that were with Nora that really like took care of her beyond when the state trooper had to leave. And I just wanted to say something quickly about them because um, those are friends that saw some really dark times. And I've since found out that they were going through stuff too. And so I just wanted to say that out loud because right, like the hardest, one of the hardest things about um, losing someone you love is that you have to continue to keep doing life you know, in the days that came, like the world was still moving, um, you know, I'd stop and think, why aren't these people just stopped on the side of the road, sad with us, but, um, I just want to acknowledge that I hope that those people in our lives, and I hope that other people can find grace for each other and for one another, and, um, that we can just, um, continue to learn and live from these experiences in our lives and um and acknowledge one another for the things that we go through and so I just I just wanted to say that about Hans and those folks that really pulled through among a myriad of others there's so many people on here that I could talk about too but um I just wanted to take a moment to do that so I really appreciate it (laughs) I want to thank my sister Nora for like letting me talk about this like I hope that I i i probably nora probably would have been like you should have even gone further <laughs> but which is what i find refreshing about her right now but um i hope that she's happy with the conversation and i hope that like you remember that next moment like that you you know give your child a hug or you just like ride your bike up the street or just like take a moment every day and like live in it um I just like really hope that for all of you. So. Thanks, Rach. Love that. that.
0: Thank you for talking about something very difficult and having those difficult conversations with us. I think it will be helpful. It was helpful for me. I know. And I hope it will be helpful for others too. I really appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, You did a great job, by the way, talking. I know it's like we could talk for hours and you still wouldn't touch on who Hans was as a person, but also everything that your family has been through since then that made it so hard because he was so amazing. So thank you for sharing that with us. We love you. And I I do. I'm with you. I hope that people in whatever way can take this and just um, reflect on what we talked about today. So thank you for opening up. Thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for being such a great friend. Thanks. Thank mm-hmm. you.